Chapter 2 I packed the hide down last and put it on the hood of my jeep next to that huge, beautiful five-point rack. Well, the rack itself was no kind of record. Elk racks are generally judged against the royal six points per side, with sevens or even eights required to get into the record books. But that heavy, symmetrical, lovely five was more trophy than I could have hoped for. Anyway, I flopped the hide down and left it for salting later, and staggered over to a stool beside the campfire ring we had built. I was done, and glad of it. The meat, nearly all of it boned, was hanging from wires high in the trees where neighborhood bears wouldn't bother it, and covered with a drape of cheesecloth to discourage flies. After so many trips up and down from our camp, I was about as tuckered as I could remember being in a long while— and that was for a person who spends his days working outdoors with horses and cattle and at least four evenings each week down in the basement working out on the universal weight machine. What that chore could have done to an office type, I couldn't imagine. On the other hand, maybe an office type would have been bright enough to wait for help or take two days to get all the goodies down. Still, when your legs and lungs are aching from exertion and your muscles are trembling from fatigue— there's only one thing to do. I lit another cigarette and rose briefly to groan my way over to the cooler for Coors Light. Fixed me right up, by golly. Or made me think that I had been, which was quite as good. I will admit that I kept glancing over toward that broad, lovely sweep of horn leaning against the windshield of my CJ. Yeah, this had been a good trip, in spite of my initial reluctance to come— I still didn't understand why Gary had been so insistent about it. I mean, we're friendly, but not all that close. Hunted together before a few times, with rifles, not bows, till he moved away from Florissant and came over here to the San Juan country down in the southwest corner of Colorado. I'd rarely heard from the guy since, until about a month ago when he called to tell me that he'd lucked into the world's best elk grounds and wouldn't I come help him thin down the population of biggins. He'd made it sound so good that I couldn't hardly refuse. Now I was glad that I hadn't. I finished that beer and opened another and began slicing fresh elk liver to fry for our supper. A mountain of genuinely fresh liver and a matching heap of fried onions is, to my way of thinking— one of the greatest joys of a successful hunting camp. We were roughing it in a camper trailer that belonged to Gary's girlfriend over in Cortez. The little rig had just about everything anyone could want, including a furnace and gas stove, but tonight I wanted the added pleasure of cooking over open flames. So I dragged out the biggest iron skillet I could find, put in a huge dollop of Crisco, and floured three thick slices of liver for each of us. The day before we started hunting, we'd laid in a good supply of dead aspen, courtesy of a chainsaw and wedge, so it took no time at all to get the fire built and some coals making. I kept an eye on the sun, knowing Gary would be back shortly after shooting light failed, and started the onions first when I thought the time was about right. You ruin good liver if you overcook it, and you don't want to turn it but once. Done like that, and there isn't any better eating. I'd just put the floured and salted liver in the grease to start cooking when I looked up and could see Gary's blaze orange vest and cap bobbing down the hillside in the near darkness. The light was too poor for me to make out his face or clothing, but I could still see that fluorescent orange. 
Every hunting season I get pleased all over again with how sensible my favorite state's hunting laws are. Blaze Orange requirements are an example. Game can't distinguish it, but the human eye sure can, and there's no way to know how many lives that particular law has saved. Colorado requires it for anyone hunting big game with a firearm. Not, though, for bow hunters, which was why I hadn't been wearing any earlier. Gary was hunting with a black powder percussion rifle, a muzzle loader, which was why he had to wear the orange, and I didn't. In Colorado, the last part of the bow season runs concurrently with the muzzle loading season. I likely would have chosen to hunt with a muzzle loader myself this time, except that all the black powder licenses are issued by drawing and have to be applied for months ahead of time, which Gary had obviously done. Well, I came along pretty much at the last minute.